We are in chapter 11 of the Gospel of John. Uh, starting today, I want to take uh, maybe about a few weeks to just focus upon this chapter, uh, which has to do with the context of the death of a man named Lazarus. Today, I would like to start with a message entitled Perplexed Ways of God. Now, that sounds a little bit puzzling as a title. Because our notion about God is that when He operates in certain ways, it should be very simple, clear, and definitive so that we can understand. We can be in alignment to that way of God. We have this notion that somehow God's way has to be proper and orderly, even predictable for us to follow. But our own experiences clearly show us that many times God's ways are not like our ways. Sometimes God's way can be very chaotic. Quite confusing. Very frustrating. Have you ever been disappointed with God? Have you ever been upset with God? I have. And that language of frustration with God has become such a familiar language for me now. I've become used to it. First thing that we need to break out of is this mode of thinking that everything's fine, everything's going to work out, everything's going to happen the way we envision, and trying to project that onto God. And I think we need to come to terms with the fact that sometimes things can be very lousy. Things can be very uh, frustrating for us Christians. And that may not have anything to do with our lack of faith or our lack of true spirituality. As a matter of fact, that just may be the sign that we are actually growing in the Lord. A deep uh, Christian uh, spirituality, the history of deep Christian spirituality uh, experienced by mystics in the church clearly show us that there's a concept like dark night of the soul. 옛날에 오래전에 이렇게 아주 깊은 
그런 분들, 미스틱 그런 분들이 그런 나왔던 그 가지고 나왔던 그 개념 중에 그 영혼의 깊은 방이라는 개념이 있습니다. I think it was a number of years ago when uh, Mother Teresa, before she passed away, she shared in her autobiography. Uh, this came out in the news. Actually, it was in the Time magazine. She honestly confessed that at times she's gone through so much darkness. She doesn't even know whether she is actually a child of God. 그래서 그 아주 몇년 전에 그 마더 테레사가 그 타임즈 잡지에 자기의 어떤 자서전을 이렇게 냈을 때 거기에서 그 자기가 얘기하는 것이 자기는 아주 그런 깊은 밤, 아주 어둠을 많이 겪었고 어떤 때는 자기가 하나님의 자녀인가까지 의심을 하는 그런 상황들이 많이 있었다고 했습니다. And right around that time, I heard some evangelical preachers criticizing Mother Teresa. Saying, see, Mother Teresa is Roman Catholic and they don't have the assurance of salvation. And her faith has been so shallow and it just got exposed. She even confessed that she do not even know God. And that is such a naive notion of spirituality. Sometimes we evangelicals, we Protestants, have. Because anybody who has studied the history of spirituality and individuals who have deeply, deeply and profound type of relationship with God will understand that there is a concept known as dark night of the soul. 하지만 이렇게 영성을 깊이 그 공부하고 또 그렇게 영성에 대해서 굉장히 그 했던 사람들은 그 안에 그런 어떤 영혼의 어두운 밤이 그 영성의 어떤 한 부분이라는 것을 말하고 있습니다. We're not familiar with the language of darkness. 우리는 그 어떤 어둠이라는 그 단어에 익숙하지가 않습니다. We're not familiar with the language of confusion. 그리고 혼란하다는 것에 대해서도 우리가 익숙하지 않습니다. Frustration. 좌절감. Devastation. Even a sense of hell. And we think that is far removed from Christian experience. Then if that is so, then we have not really understood Jesus Christ. We have not experienced the struggles of the apostles and the struggles of the prophets in the days of old. Maybe we're reading the Bible with a biased perspective. Maybe we need to read the Bible as is, and we'll discover there's suffering and, and chaos, and there's frustration, and there's doubts and, and struggles in their faith. This is reality. This is what people all throughout history of the church and even before in the history of Israel have experienced. This is what we experience ourselves. And yet we cannot come to terms with this because we have this notion of God which is so different. So our experience is here and our theology is there. 
그래서 우리가 이것을 경험하는 것과 또 우리의 어떤 신학이 전혀 일치하지 않는 것입니다. But I'd like to suggest that the theology is to be placed in our context so that it becomes real for us. 그 신학이 우리 어떤 삶의 그 안으로 들어와서 우리에게 그것이 실제적으로 다가와야 되는 것입니다. So today I want to talk about the perplex ways of God. It's all going to sound very negative. It may even seem that my outline is actually uh, could come across as something blasphemous about God. I definitely do not want to uh, portray God that way. The outline that I'm about to present to you today has to do with our sense of how God is during our times of crisis. So this is a long way about of giving you a sort of an introduction uh, as we get into uh, this topic of perplexity regarding God. Now, let us turn to John chapter 11 and let us read from verse 1 to 16. I'm going to read it in English first and we'll read it in Korean. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a man walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now, 
그의 제자들에게 이르시되 유대로 다시 가자 하시니 제자들이 말하되 라비여 방금도 유대인들이 돌로 치러 하였는데 또 그리로 가시라 하시나 하니까 예수께서 대답하시되 낮이 열두 시간이 아니냐 사람이 낮에 다니면 이 세상의 빛을 보므로 실족하지 아니하고 밤에 다니면 빛이 그 사람 안에 없는 고로 실족하느니라 이 말씀을 하신 후에도 이르시되 우리 친구 나사로가 잠들었다 그러나 내가 깨우러 가노라 제자들이 이르시되 주여 잠들었으면 낫겠나이다 하더라 예수는 그의 죽음을 가르켜 말씀하신 것이나 그들은 잠들어 쉬는 것을 가르켜 말씀하신 줄 생각하는지라 이에 예수께서 밝히 이르시되 나사로가 죽었느니라 내가 거기 있지 아니한 것을 너희를 위하여 기뻐하노니 이는 너희로 믿게, 하게, 믿게 하려 함이라 그러나 그에게로 가자 하시니 디드모라고도 하는 도마가 다른 제자들에게 말하되 우리도 주와 함께 죽으러 가자 합니다 아멘 Now this is a story surrounding a family, actually three siblings in the town of Bethany. These characters and their names will be very familiar to all of us because we've heard so many wonderful stories about them and so many sermons preached about them. And the older brother's name is Lazarus. And then the two sisters, the older sister being Martha and the younger sister being Mary. And Jesus had a, a very intimate friendship with three, these three. As we uh, start from verse 1, we see what kind of intimacy there was between Jesus and this family. Uh, all throughout the Gospels, we do not see this kind of expressions about uh, a family that Jesus had a heart for. Not even regarding his own siblings, Jesus had such feelings. But these three were very special in the heart of Jesus. We don't really know why, but we can pretty much uh, assume that they must have been uh, uh, zealous uh, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, definitely they were not part of the twelve. Of course, those twelve did not include any women. But perhaps they were sort of a secret disciples at the side that Jesus uh, relayed his hearts to. Let us begin reading from verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, 
was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his hair with uh, his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And then we jump to verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. In this text, we see that this Mary is exactly the one who broke her alabaster jar of perfume and poured it on Jesus' feet and uncurled her hair and started wiping. A, a devotion, an act of devotion she articulated unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's all this mention about the fact that Jesus loved them. Jesus loved him, Lazarus. And we see in verse 36, later we're studying, that Jesus even wept at the tomb of Lazarus, and all the Jews around realized how much he had loved him. Understanding of this contest, understanding of this setting, understanding of this relationship that Jesus had with this family is so crucial for us in understanding why we would be so perplexed with God. It is because of that kind of intimate relationship when things don't work out, we do get confused, we do get perplexed. But if it is impersonal, there's no need for perplexity. There's no need for dilemma. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever fell in love with a person that you really, really liked and things started just happening bad and things just you know, really frustrated you and you, you had all sorts of perplexity and dilemma regarding this person? You experienced that sense of turmoil because you had a heart for that person. If you had no heart for that person, there's no turmoil. And don't you see having a sense of turmoil about God and the way God operates is a good sign. Maybe there is a relationship that I have with God that I may be disturbed by His acts and disturbed by His 
operation. 그래서 이렇게 하나님에 대해서 어떤 이 마음에 막 그런 불편함이나 이런 것이 막 생기는 것이 어떻게 보면 우리가 하나님과 관계를 가지고 있다는 사인이 되고 또 그것이 어떤 하나님과의 관계 안에서 Our lives are filled with perplexity regarding God. And from this text, I want to point out at least three reasons why we get perplexed regarding God. First has to do with his seeming delay. 그래서 첫 번째가 어떤 하나님이 이렇게 지체하시는 그런 것입니다. We might even say, why does God procrastinate? 우리는 이렇게 하나님이 왜 이렇게 자꾸 빨리 안 오시고 이렇게 지체하시지 이렇게 생각할 수 Why doesn't get on track and, and keep everything in proper order? 왜 하나님께서 모든 것을 그냥 빨리 빨리 해서 이렇게 질서 있게 행하시지 않나? Why does He allow things to get so messy in my life and later? It's very difficult to gather them up and to make sense of them. Why is God so passive? Why is He so irresponsible? Why doesn't He act on my behalf? Why didn't He come to my rescue at that moment? We see in verse 6. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Now Jesus loved Lazarus so much. And if you heard that the one that you loved is sick, sick almost heading towards death, you rush to be there by, by his bedside. But we see that Jesus deliberately stayed where he was for two more days. So what was Jesus doing? He's waiting for Lazarus to actually end up dying. And we see that by the time Jesus actually visits the city of Bethany and visits the tomb, Lazarus had been buried in the tomb for four days. Why would God allow situations to worsen in our lives, leading even to death, even to decay, even to chaotic mess? I know some people have experienced this in the past about their health. 건강, 건강에 관한 것을 본인들이 체험을 했다는 거죠. Uh, they have experienced it in terms of their finances. Some people experience this in terms of relationships. I know of a brother that I've been a, a friend of for many, many years, 
and I've seen his finance situation getting worse and worse and devastating. He's holding by the thread right now. He had a very simple notion about finances in the olden days, whereby you have faith enough, and you are a man of good character, and you tithe to the church, you do all the proper things, God must bless you at the other end. But God did not come through for him in such a way. And I was getting even more frustrated because I was kind of mentoring him and rooting for him. I'm praying for him. And what's going on, God? You must bless a man like this. And all the books that he read about finances and, you know, so that you, you can reap and, you know, if you claim it, name it, then it will be done for you as you have believed. All that has just fallen apart for him. And we together put our heads together and put our hearts together. We prayed about this. And we, we figured it'll happen within a few months' time. God will bring solution to that. And we wait and persevere for a few years. God's going to bring solution to that. Now something like 20 plus years have passed. But still no solution. And his finance is getting worse and worse. What's going on? I mean, he's already long ago, he said to me, you know, when finances get really tough, I'm going to quit everything and I'm going to go to seminary. I'm going to become a servant of God and let others take care of my finances. He was ready to do that, and I was ready to say, hey, another seminarian coming into our school because things didn't work out for them. That was not going to be a testimony for him. We still don't have any solution regarding this issue that this brother is going through. But I know one thing for sure. I have not met a man of such faith as this man. He is such a real person to come by. All around him, there are a lot of people in the area of finance and especially in money management, the business that he was in. And all of them were falling apart in their faith. They were giving up on God, turning their backs on God, not even going to church anymore. Because 
But this man is drawing even closer to God. He has no one else but God. But at the same time, he's frustrated year after year regarding this issue. To be honest, I have no word of advice or counsel this, for this person. So if you think you have something, come and talk to me. I would love to relay that to him. But he's practically done everything that is possible. What I'm trying to say is, even for a man or a woman of God who is deep in, in spirituality and deeply in love with God can go through perplexities regarding their present situations. Second reason why we sometimes uh, fall into perplexity regarding God has to do with our seeming uh, sense of failure of God. In verse 4, it says that when he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. These are the exact words of Jesus spoken to the messenger who would carry this exact message back to Martha and Mary. This sickness will not end in death. So by the time he took this message to Martha and Mary, either Lazarus had died somewhere in between that travel, or he would die very, very soon. This we are very clear of. In other words, in the minds of Martha and Mary, Jesus must be wrong about this. How could he be wrong? How could the Messiah be wrong? This was the dilemma they had in their minds. I experienced a lot of this uh, during the time when we were very much engaged in what is known as prophetic ministry. We saw people who actually missed the word of prophecy. They completely missed it. They were wrong. They failed in that prophetic word. But in some cases, what they spoke was a contradiction to what really happened, and yet 
It turned out to be true at the end. 그리고 어떤 때는 그 사람들이 했던 예언의 말씀이 그 당시 상황과는 전혀 반대되는 말씀이었는데 또 나중에는 그 말씀이 또 이루어지는 것을 보게 되는 경우도 있었습니다. Let me give you an illustration of one of such cases. 제가 그한 예를 들겠습니다. A lady had a vision about this particular couple who are dating, and then she uh, came to this conclusion that the one, this other, the woman was dating is not the one that she is to marry. And this, this couple was so much in love uh, with one another. And yet, this elderly woman who had a dream saw that the man who was being wedded to this woman is not that man whom she is presently dating. So this elderly woman spoke prophetically, you will marry a completely different person. So this young woman struggled over this issue because she had a high respect for this prophetic woman, but she didn't know what to do with this word because in her heart she had a conviction that this is the man. And a number of years later, uh, finally this young man, woman wanted to reconcile with this elderly woman and she visited her home. And she brought her newly wedded husband with her. And when this elderly woman saw the man, she says, That's the man that you were to marry. But the younger woman said, This is the same guy that you told me not to marry. Obviously, what had happened was this man had completely changed from his old way, lifestyle, his countenance, even his presence, that he became a completely different person. Now, I hope you don't try to replicate this kind of uh, uh, prophecy and, and try to maneuver your way into your own interpretation of things. That's not the purpose of this. But what I'm trying to say is we never know until the end. I like the, uh, the word in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. 
압박, 아, 하박국에 나오는 그 말씀을 좋아하는데 2장 2절에서 3절입니다. And he reads, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. 여호와께서 내게 대답하여 이르시되 너는 이 묵시를 기록하여 판에 명백히 새기되 달려가면서도 읽을 수 있게 하라. 이 묵시는 정한 때가 있나니 그 종말이 속히 이르겠고 결코 거짓되지 아니하리라. 비록 더딜지라도 기다리라. 지체되지 않고 반드시 응하리라. You see, there's a sense of delay regarding the nature of the true prophecy. And there's a process involved in the growth or fulfillment of that prophecy. For example, if I were to give you a seed and say that seed is going to produce a big tree in the long run, 그래서 제가 여러분에게 이런 어떤 씨앗을 준 다음에 이 씨앗이 나중에는 굉장히 큰 나무가 될 것이라고 그래서 그 씨앗을 땅에 심어서 씨앗이 이렇게 막 부서지고 약간 이렇게 그, 그 썩고 이런 모습을 볼 때는 우리가 And if the seed sprouts and begins to form a plant and begins to grow, but there's so much uh, uh, bad climate and weather and circumstances around that tree, that you lose faith. We should not be too hasty in making judgments about any circumstance or even about any person that we encounter. You never know about people. That's the amazing thing. There are people that I've known in the past never gave much thought for. They begin to sprout and they begin to grow and they mature and they do fantastic things. When God's word was spoken in a mighty way, I had doubts about that, but look at what God did. He made them grow and mature. 그래서 하나님이 어떤 말씀을 하셨을 때 그때 그때 당신은 제가 의심을 했지만 나중에 보면 하나님께서 놀라운 일을 하셔서 이렇게 성장하게 하시는 것을 보게 되는 것입니다. Did God fail that person? 하나님이 그 사람에 대해서 실패하신 것입니까? We are only looking at the middle of that process, but we haven't seen the end until God brings that person forth and makes that person stand as a testimony, a witness to the perfect uh, will of God. 그래서 우리가 이 과정만을 볼 때는 보지 못하지만 나중에 결국 이렇게 다된 결과를 보면 하나님께서 정말 이 사람을 성장하게 하시고 하나님의 뜻을 이룬 것을 보게 됩니다. The third reason why we get perplexed about God is sometimes God seems to be so rash and erratic. 그래서 세 번째로 우리가 하나님의 방식에 대해서 당황하는 이유가 어떤 때는 하나님 굉장히 성급하시고 또 이해할 수 없는 방식으로 일하실 때가 있기 때문입니다. 
Let's look at verse 7 and verse 8. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back. Now, this is a little bit different perspective. This is not the perspective of Martha and Mary, but this is the perspective of Jesus' disciples. And you might have remembered in, in chapter 10, there was such a conflict between Jesus and the religious rulers, especially the Pharisees. They wanted to actually stone him to death or get him arrested so that they can prosecute him. So Jesus and his disciples had barely escaped the death threat of the Jews in Judea. They crossed over Jordan to the other side. They were retreating here. Why would they want to go right back into the troubled region? You see, God does not just seem to operate with a sense of delay. Sometimes He seems to operate with a sense of rush. Have you ever felt like, well, now, now it's just common sense says we should just settle down, just relax, and take time at this, and be very, very clear-minded about this? When you sense a prompting in your spirit, a God pushing you to go and be on a release. Not just once in a long while, but sometimes over and over he would be training you to be prompted at his pushing or urging. I find the way of God's working so appropriate to sometimes our personalities, sometimes our leanings and tendencies, the way we operate. And those people who have to just get things calculated and they have to be on the go, God seems to bring them uh, with a sense of delay. God has to basically mess up their planned schedule. Organize plans and all these thoughts that they had. And God brings everything to a screeching halt, to a complete stop. And then there are those people who just like to take their time. They are kind of slow in motion. And people who are very passive, they have to have everything right. God has to give me clear sign and signature like Gideon who needed a sign and sign and sign of the Lord. 
And to these people, God prompts them, pushes them to see whether they will obey. Now I'm going to just summarize with this simple word. There is no way for us to predict or even to uh, uh, plan regarding the way God may operate in our lives. It is good discipline to be organized and to be planning and having some kind of strategy for your future. It is good. But at the end of the day, we must completely surrender that into the hands of the Lord because Lord cannot be Lord if we have everything planned out. We're trying to drag him down to be him to be our servant and God will have not will not have it that way. I believe that what God wants to teach us, I will address this next week, but He wants to teach us to be led by His Spirit step by step. Trusting Him all the way to the end and don't stop in the midway and make calculations, make decisions based upon that. I almost want us to study a little further because there's a little comment by uh, Thomas at the end that uh, he wanted to uh, follow Jesus even to death. He didn't have the revelation. He didn't have the faith enough to believe that Jesus could raise Lazarus from the dead or do some kind of miracle that will cause everything to be turned upside down. But he had faith enough to believe that I don't see anything. I don't know anything. But if Jesus is going to his death, I'm going to follow him all the way to the end. For now, for today, for this week, I think God will allow us to just blindly just follow him and say, God, I don't know where this is leading, but I will go with you. Just come to an agreement with God regarding that. But as we'll see next week, there's more of a journey of faith that goes deeper than that. So whether you have a clear sense of God's will or you're perplexed by His ways, it doesn't really matter because we belong to God and God will lead us step by step. He will teach us the way. It has nothing to do with whether we agree with Him or not agree with Him because He's going to do it His way. If He really loves us, 
He's going to disciple us in this way. It was a painful process for me and my wife Esther, and we went through a number of processes like that, and we're going to continue to go through processes like that. But that's a sign of God's love for us. He's not going to leave us as we are. He's going to teach us how to be aligned to His will and His way in one form or another. Amen.